And I want to say this. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And guys, I want to tell you this. What you believe about God, what you believe about God is what's most important to you. That's the most important thing about you. And I'm afraid in our land today, we've moved away from doing things by faith. Doing things by faith. And so this morning, I'd like to just ask the Lord to bless us as we work through this text. We've been studying through the book of Hebrews, and we continue in chapter 11. Father, thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace. Thank you that we can gather in a nice, comfortable building. We can worship, and we can open your word, and we can hear from you. This morning, for these next few moments, I pray that you would speak to us, that our hearts would be enlarged, that our our eyes would be open to the wonderful truths that you have for us. We're desperate for you. We need you. We need your working in our lives. And Father, we acknowledge it is your breath in our lungs. And so, Father, we pray this morning that you would be glorified. Lord, I ask you, if there's one here that's not saved, that that one would be saved this morning, that he or she would repent of their sins and believe in the glorious gospel and be saved. Lord, move us. Move us from a place of apathy, a place of lethargy. Help us to be people that by faith we do what you have asked us to do. Lord, I need you. I'm trusting in you to help me deliver this message. In Jesus' name we pray, and amen. This has been called the Hall of Faith. The Hall of, some say the Hall of Fame of Faith or the Hall of Faith. This is where the writer gives us Old Testament examples of all those patriarchs who were faithful. And it's a wonderful passage of Scripture, but there are three things that we have to have in our minds as we work through this to understand the passage and what's going on. First of all, faith is the assurance of things Expected The substance, that word substance means assurance or confidence. The word hope in your Bible, it, it doesn't mean like we think of hope today as a, I hope I do this or I hope I do that. Hope in the Bible is a confident expectation. So the writers to Hebrew is saying, first of all, that faith is the assurance of things expected. What are we expecting? We're expecting that God will do everything He said He will do. We're trusting Him. We believe Him. We have faith in Him. Jesus said in Mark, Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Faith is the assurance of things expected, the conviction of things unseen. Faith is believing without seeing. Do you know when your faith ends? The Bible teaches us our faith ends in sight. When we see the Lord Jesus Christ, our resurrected Savior, when we see Him with our eyes visibly, we look upon Him face to face, that's when our faith that we have here will end. We'll be with Him. So faith is the assurance of things expected, the conviction of things unseen. Number two, faith frames everything in our lives. The name of the man escapes me right now, but there was a man who... Uh, it did many, many acts on a high wire over Niagara Falls. I mean, he did all kinds of crazy things. He wore a gorilla suit and walked on a high wire across the Niagara Falls. 
And he wore, he actually took a little uh, gas stove out there on the high wire over the Niagara Falls and cooked breakfast. They said of him that he had a wheelbarrow and he said he could push 200 pounds across that high wire. And he asked if anybody in the crowd believed him. And one man said, I believe you can do it. He said, do you really believe I can do it? And he said, yes, I believe you can do it. He said, good. I was wanting somebody to ride in the wheelbarrow. <laughs> Faith. Faith frames everything in our lives. Faith frames everything in our lives. And then lastly, I would like to say of the kind of introductory thing here is that without faith, it's impossible to please God. As a matter of fact, Jude refers to the body of doctrine we have as the faith delivered once for all. All throughout the scriptures in the New Testament, people were referred to as people of faith. Faith. Faith is extremely important in the life of the believer. And I would like to just work through this because sometimes we get enamored by the people and we miss what, what's being said here. We miss what the writer is teaching us in all of these things. And we, we kind of get lost in the details of the things that they accomplish. And we start comparing ourselves to them. And that wasn't the intended purpose. The intended purpose is to let us know that without faith it's impossible to please God. And that we should be champions of faith. So let me show you the importance of faith. Look at verse number 1 with me. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. The patriarchs, you know why they're in the scriptures and you know why they're recorded? All the things that they did, their favor of God was upon them because of their faith. They're recorded eternally in the scriptures because of their faith. They did, now listen to me, they did what they did by faith. Faith was the, the explosion in their life that caused them to do these things listed here. So, notice with me, verse 3. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. The first thing that we have to understand about faith is, faith enables us, to understand the Scriptures. Faith enables us to understand the Scriptures. Now listen to me. This is a book of faith. Either you believe it or you don't. I'm not going to spend all of my time trying to convince you that this book is real. It's a book of faith. Someone challenged me one time and says, Well, listen, you believe that old archaic book and everything written in that book, you believe it. And I said, Well, let me ask you a question. You believe that two balls were floating in space and they collided together, right? Where'd you get that? From a book. Okay. So now we have the real issue. You have faith and I have faith. The difference is the object of our faith. I believe that in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth because the Bible tells me that. You believe that because someone who's dead wrote it in a book and you believe it. So you have faith in what they're saying. So you're believing in a book too. So the point I want to make this is this. Faith enables us to understand the Scriptures. If you believe that this is a book and that God wrote, then you have no problem believing it. If you can get past in the beginning, God created the heavens and earth, everything else is whipped cream. If you can believe that, everything else is good. It's easy to believe. Some people say, do you really think that happened? Yes, I do. 
I'm a simpleton. I believe in it. It's faith. Uh, One great, I think it was C.H. Spurgeon said one time about the Bible. He said, it doesn't need to be defended. It's like a caged lion. Just open the cage and let the lion out. It'll do its work. I have seen marriages restored from obeying the principles in this book. I have seen men and women born again by believing the message in this book. I have seen drunkards delivered from alcohol because of the message of this book. It's by faith that we are enabled to understand the scriptures. Do you want to know why to an unbeliever the Bible doesn't make sense? Because it's a book of faith. And you have to have the Holy Spirit to help you understand that. And so we have to understand that when we are dealing with unbelievers, we don't have to be angry. We don't have to be mean to them. We have to understand that they don't have the the illumination of the Holy Spirit. They can't. The Bible tells us the natural man cannot receive the things of God. So we have to understand that. Faith enables us to understand the Scriptures. Faith enables us to understand that this world was created by God, our Creator. We understand that. It is faith. We believe it. And I, you know, I, I just believe it. I, I look outside and I see God's beauty all around us. I, I mean, I'm telling you what. You know, we give Scioto County a bad rap sometimes, but you get out in the county and you drive around at some of God's creation. This is a beautiful place. And how God sculpted the hills and how he, he, he just made the clouds go where, right where they are and He's got all this wonderful vegetation. Guys, we are blessed to see the wonderful creation of God. In verses 4 through 6, faith enables us to sacrifice for God. Look in verse 4. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it he being dead still speaks. It was by faith that Abel offered up a more excellent sacrifice to God. How was it? Was it Abel's own creativity? Was it Abel's own own, uh, thoughts that enabled him to realize that he needed to give the best he had to God to offer up to him? No, it was by faith. It was his faith in him that made him, that motivated him, want to give God his very best. And I would encourage you today, church, young people, old people, middle-aged people, I would encourage you, by faith, give God your best. Don't give God your leftovers. I mean, we, we, expect, we expect the best from our, our sports teams, right? The teams we like. Guys that couldn't throw a football from here to the door back there, every Monday morning, they're complaining about what their quarterback. He just allows. He couldn't do this. And man, you 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 have a hard time tying your shoes, buddy. Listen, we understand that, and we expect them to give their best. Shouldn't we, by faith, expect be expected to give our best to God? This day we live in, we are we are making God fit in our schedule rather than our schedule around God. It was faith that enabled him to sacrifice for God. Look at verse 5. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. 
For better, he was taken. He had this testimony that he had pleased God. Man, it's amazing. Enoch was walking with God, the Bible tells us. And he said, I don't know the conversation. I'd like to see the conversation I'd like to hear, but I kind of speculate. He's like, God, I'd rather be with you than there. You really want to, Enoch? Yeah, let's go. Come on home with me. And he went on home with him. Wouldn't that be wonderful? See, faith enables us. It enables us to sacrifice for God. He was well pleased. God was well pleased with Enoch. Verse 6, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Isn't it interesting that when we have a very, very difficult situation in our lives, a life or death situation, we're driven to God? And then we start seeking him? And then we start pursuing him? Why don't we pursue him every day of our lives? Maybe, maybe, just maybe our lives would be better. Verse 7, faith enables us to listen to God. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. Do you realize that it had never rained? Noah's out in the desert and he's building this humongous boat and it had never rained. And they're drunk and they're looking at Noah and they're like, what are you doing? I'm building an ark. Why? It's going to rain. What's rain? But you know what Noah did? He built an ark. He did it. Why did he do it? Well, you say he was being obedient to God. Let me tell you something. I'll tell you why he did it. He did it because of his faith. His faith enabled him to listen to God. When God said, I want you to build an ark, and he built it just to the right specifications. Those same people that were laughing when the water was about up to here, and they were clawing on the ark trying to get on, it wasn't so funny. It wasn't funny then. Faith enables us to listen to God. Now listen, how many of us honestly listen to God like we should? Most of the time, we make a mess of our lives and then we beg God to get us out of our mess. Is anybody with me? I'll tell them myself. We do that, don't we? We do whatever we want and then we get in a mess and then we beg God to get us out. Wouldn't it make more sense if we just learned to listen to God? When I was growing up, my dad always told me this. He said, son, you don't listen. I said, yeah, I hear you. But I wasn't listening. I wasn't listening. He's not here I say that, right? I mean, I wasn't listening. And sometimes I have that problem, I don't listen to God, but faith enables me to listen to God. That's what faith does. i got to believe that He is, and He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Lord, I want Your will in this matter. Lord, I want Your will. The older I get, the more I want to pray over everything, even things that seem insignificant. I want to pray over it, and I want to listen to God, because I have made too many mistakes. And because of my faith, I don't have to. Faith enables us. To listen to God. Number four, faith enables us to obey God. Look in verse 8. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out of the place which he would receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. See, this is what happens today in our land. In our land, in our day, we live in, we, okay, God wants me to go somewhere. Well, God already tell me where to go. This is how God worked. God said, Abraham, I want you to go. Where am I going, God? I'll show you. Just go. So he got up and he went. We have to have it all mapped out. We have to have it planned out. Everywhere we're going to stop along the way. All the finances have to be in order. Everything has to do this. That's not faith. 
That's sight. I'm not going to believe you, God. I'm not going to obey you unless you show me all the steps. You'll never get all the steps because God's not going to do that. How many of you remember power, uh, cars without power steering? Anybody ever have one? You sit in a car without power steering and try to turn the wheels, you're, you're going you're to have a hernia. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but I did. But you get the wheels moving, and then you can turn the steering wheel, can't you? You get moving for God, and He'll show you where He wants to go. Your faith will enable you to obey God. Obey God. We don't want to talk about obedience anymore. We don't want to talk about your best life now and all this stuff. Listen, I'm going to tell you this. Unless you obey God, you ain't going to see life, let alone your best life. Obey God. Faith enables us to obey God. Abraham got up and he went out, not knowing where he's going. Look at verse 9. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith he went out and he believed the promise and he obeyed God. Look at verse 11. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Faith. And just so you're here and you know, you're never too old to have kids. Some say, don't say that, preacher. Don't say that. Listen, faith enables us to obey God. Let me tell you another thing here. Verse 12 says, Faith enables us to live without the fear of death. Without the fear of death. Therefore from one man and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky and the multitude innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. Verse 13, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Listen, faith enables us to live without the fear of death. Do you know there are some people who live every day of their lives gripped by the fear of death? They might die any day. That's not living. That's not living at all. God doesn't want you to do that. He wants you to have faith in Him. He wants you to have faith in Him that He's got a place for you that's prepared not with man's hands. He's got a place for you that you don't have to worry about fearing death. Now listen to these people. These are the kind of people we're talking about here. They all died They all died in faith, not having received the promise, not getting what they wanted right then and there. But listen to this. Verse 14. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to the mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now, listen to me, but now they desire a better, that is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared a city for them. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us that because of their faith and they didn't fear death, they had a better place. They look forward to that better place by faith. They saw them as afar off. I don't know about you, but I look forward to the day that I'm in heaven. Now, I love living, and I want to live as long as God wants me to live, but I'm telling you this. 
I've had about enough gutful of this whole world. And I could very easily enjoy walking the streets of gold. I could very easily see my Savior face to face and praise Him and worship Him and adore Him and love Him. I could very easily do that. I could very easily go on and not have to worry about anything else that happens here on this earth. But I will tell you this. I'm not going to let fear, especially the fear of death, control me. Not going to do it. I'm not, God's brought me too far. He has brought me through too many things. He has blessed me so good. I'm not going to sit down and let fear have control over me. And neither did these people. They kept on going and they weren't satisfied until they got to that heavenly city with the Lord. And that's what faith will do for you. Look at verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. Let me tell you this. Faith enables us to get through trials. Now, let me just say this. I have children and grandchildren I love very much. And I couldn't imagine God asking me to give up my son. I, could, I couldn't imagine what Abraham must have been thinking as he walked up that hill, up that mountain. I, I can imagine he maybe was, had his hand on his son's shoulder and on his head. Maybe he just stroked his hair a little bit and he was thinking about him. And he gets up there. And he lays his son on that altar. And he's going to sacrifice him. He's going to, he's going to be obedient. The angel of the Lord stops him. And incidentally, on the way up, Isaac says, Hey, hey, Dad, I see the wood and I see the knife, and, but I see the fire, but where, where's the sacrifice? He said, The Lord will provide. How did he do that? It was by faith. Now, listen to me, guys. It was by faith. What did he have faith in? He believed in the resurrection. He believed that if he did do it, that God would raise him up. He had faith in God. He, that faith enabled him to get through that trial. God had told Abraham that it was through Isaac that all the seed would be blessed. He believed God. He had faith. And he believed God... Said he would do it. He's going to do it. And I don't know how he's going to do it. But I'm going to do what God says. And I'm going to believe him. Because God will do what he says. And God did do what he said. And I don't know what kind of trials you're going through. Adrian Rogers said, you're either, if you're a Christian, you're either going into a trial, you're in the middle of a trial, or you're just coming out of a trial. And that's the truth. And everyone in this room, many of you might be going through trials that no one knows about. But let me tell you something. The only thing that's going to get you through is your faith. Why? Because you cannot let the circumstance and the situation drive you to a fear that is opposite of faith in God. You've got to have faith in God. 
That faith will bring you through those trials. Now, let me tell you, I've tried worrying and it doesn't work. Has anyone else ever worried? I don't know about you all, but I used to be. I'm, I'm getting a little better. Maybe it's because I'm forgetful. But I used to worry if I didn't have something to worry about. Is anybody else with me? I mean, man, things are too quiet. I grew up all my life dreading Mondays. I was off on Monday as a pastor. And I, I, every preacher, every old preacher said, yeah, you have a good day on Sunday. You better watch out on Monday. Man, I was walking around Monday waiting for something to happen. You know, a car crash or something. And it didn't. I listened to people and I put garbage in and garbage came out. Have faith in God. It'll get you through the trials. Don't listen to the objectors. Don't listen to the naysayers. Don't listen to everyone that's told you this, that, or the other. Then you start believing that and then you will yourself into it and then you get it. Have faith in God. Charles Stanley, I love Charles Stanley, had a big profound impact on my life. I listened to his teachings. His, he was a godly man. And he said this, his life statement was this, Obey God and leave all the consequences to Him. Faith enables us to get through those trials. Faith enables us to take a look ahead. Look at verse 20. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of his sons, Joseph, and worshipped, leaning on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. What made them look ahead? I'll tell you what made them look ahead. Isaac blessed Jacob because... He looked ahead and he saw the promise of God and he believed God and it kept his eyes looking ahead. Listen to me. Your windshield is a lot bigger than your rearview mirror. Too much of us, especially in church, we spend our lives looking in the rearview mirror. Well, the way things used to be. 1973, we did this. Well, bless God, this ain't 1973. And you ain't there. And that's not good grammar, but it sure makes a lot of sense. You're here. And it's your faith that will cause you to look ahead. Keep looking ahead. Keep looking ahead. Isaac looked to Jacob. Jacob looked to his sons, Joseph. And Joseph looked forward to not, don't leave my bones here. The children of Israel are going to leave Egypt. We were only here for a little while. When you all leave Egypt, do not leave my bones in Egypt. You take me back to the promised land. Why? Because they looked ahead. And faith will help you do that. But if you're always fearful, you're looking around. You're not looking ahead. You know what the Bible tells us? Keep our eyes on Christ. On things above. Not on the things of this world. Right? Filling our minds with all this negative news and all this garbage and all that. Just turn it off. Get your eyes on Jesus. Do you think that Jesus is not powerful enough to handle the situations we're going through in this land? Yes, He is. And we bellyache and moan. What's that say about our God? What does that say about our God when we're always griping about stuff? We're always complaining about stuff. We're always talking about it. Why don't we just talk about the goodness of God? Why don't we start talking about how big our God is and how He can do anything He wants to do, anytime He wants to, however He wants to, because He's God. You see, faith enables us to look ahead. 
You know, when I was young, I noticed this pattern in my life, and as a pastor, I'm noticing everyone else's life. When I was about 13 or 14, you know what I look forward to? I can't wait until I'm 16, right, and I can drive a car. Two weeks later, I was tired of going to the grocery store <laughs> for mom and dad. I wanted to drive where I wanted to go, but I didn't want to go for mom and dad. Man, I can't wait till I'm 18 to get out of this house, which I didn't leave until I was like 24. I was like one of those, you got to get, get out of here, son. <clears throat> Went in the army and stuff, but... Uh, but you, then you look forward to, man, I can't wait for this, and I can't wait for that. That's not what I'm talking I'm not talking about wishing your life away. I'm talking about looking ahead to what God's going to do in your life. In your life, guys. We sit down and we plan our vacations to the T. I'm going to go here. I'm going to sleep here. I'm going to buy gas here. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. We plan it to the T. And we never sit down and plan our spiritual future. I plan to be working right here in VBS. I plan in July to be at church camp. I plan in, you know, this, that, and the other September. WANA starts back up. I'm going to be in my WANA classroom. I'm looking ahead for God to do great things. Faith will help you do that. But if you're looking around all the world and all this and trying to keep up with all that garbage, you'll never see it by faith. This, all this stuff is going to weigh you down. That's why when we get over to chapter 12, he says, listen, lay aside all of these weights. That is weight. Lay it aside. Number eight, faith enables us to have courage. Verse 23, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents. Now listen to this, I love this. Because they saw that he was a beautiful child. Are you ready? And they were not afraid of the king's command. They were courageous. They they weren't afraid of King Tut. They weren't worried about what he was going to do. You know why? Because they had faith in God. They had faith in God. I'm going to tell you how good God is. Moses' mother takes and makes this nice basket, puts him in a basket, puts him there in the water. And all of a sudden, Pharaoh's daughter comes along, sees the child, looks at him, and he was beautiful. Well, who caused him to be beautiful? God did. Would she have cared for him if he was ugly? I don't know. The Bible says he's beautiful. I just say what the Bible says. I kind of wonder. Oh, he's ugly. Let him float, you know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. But this amazes me. She takes Moses and she says, Hey, go call, go call a, a, a Hebrew woman to come and nurse. She goes and gets Moses' mother and Moses' mother in the palace nurses Moses. Let me tell you how good God is. He's got it. He's got it. Down to Moses being beautiful. Y'all won't remember anything else, but I said, what if Moses was ugly? That's all you'll remember. That's okay. Can you imagine her? I don't know. I'm just different. If I was her, I'd be strutting in to the palace. I'm here for my duty. I'm, that's all I'm going to say. We're not, we're not going to act it out or anything. But uh, you gotta, Can you imagine the courage it took to walk into the palace? The courage. The courage to say, I'm not afraid of the king's commandment. I'm going to make sure that I have faith in God. Listen, the way 
the way things are going in our land, there might come a time when the government in this land says you can't meet and you can't gather here. And if you do, we're going to take away your tax-exempt status. Really? I mean, you, you think I, I serve Christ because I get a tax deduction? You think I give to the Lord's work because I get a tax deduction? There's going to come a time when you're going to say, you can't say this. They're trying to do that now. You, you can't say this or you can't say that in a church. You know what you're going to say? It's going to take some courage. And some men and women are going to have to have faith in God, and they're going to say, listen, I, I'm going to do everything I can to do right by the government unless it violates God and His principles. And then I will obey God. And it's going to take that. And you don't have to be a jerk. You don't have to be a jerk to do that. Just obey God. Just have faith in God. Have courage. Faith gives you courage. I mean, I don't think for one minute that David walked out there to Goliath thinking, man, you know, I haven't practiced in a while. I hope I can, I hope I can hear him. No, that dude went out there. He took, he took those five stones. You know why? Because the guy had four brothers. He said, you know, you, around here you fight one, you fight them all. And he went out there with that stone. And that first stone, he, I'm going to make you bird food. And son, he reared back and hit that giant dude right there in the right, right there in the eyeball, knocked him down right in the forehead. And he went over. He didn't have a sword, so he went over and got Goliath's sword and cut, cut his head off. Now he wasn't going out there thinking, "Oh, man, I don't know. My aim's been a little off. You know, I, I'm tired from being with the sheep on it." No, he went out there encouraged because he had faith in God. Who are you to defy the living God? Who are you? Goliath, you might be a big guy, but who are you to defy the living God? Faith enables us to have courage. Number nine, I got more points than a porcupine. Number nine, faith enables us to be bold for the Lord. Look in verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused. Now listen to this. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin for a season. He wasn't willing to be linked together with Pharaoh's family because he had faith in God. He said, I would rather suffer affliction with God's people than to be in the palace and have the pleasures of sin. You know, we need some people to act boldly. Again, boldly doesn't mean you have to be a jerk. But you just have to draw some lines in the sand and say, I'm not going to cross this line. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this because I have faith in God that enables me to be bold for the Lord. I would also say it's about time that we believers start speaking up for the, the gospel sake and start telling people, men and women, boys and girls, about the Lord Jesus Christ, about their sinful condition and how that if they're without Christ, they're going to die and go to a hell, a literal burning hell. And they don't have to. By faith, they can believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and they can pass from death unto life. We need to be bold and tell people, well, we might hurt their feelings. Let me ask you a question. Do you care about people? I have to tell my son some things that are not very pleasant. I love him, but I tell him because I love him. I'm not worried about hurting his psyche. We need to be bold for the Lord. I'm not worried about offending someone. I'm not purposely trying to offend them. I, out of love, want them to know that they can have a home in heaven. They do not have to die and go to hell. They can believe in Jesus Christ. And listen, unless we tell them, they will not hear. 
Faith is what enables us to be bold for Christ. <laughs> I was asked, um, they have Civil Wars Day, and uh, Mark, behave. I was asked um, to speak to the kids about the roles of chaplain in, civil, in the Civil War. And so I had groups coming through. And just happened, Mark pulls up when this question was asked to the kids. I said, does anybody know what a chaplain is? And one guy said, a hot air balloon. And I thought Mark was going to die. He got the hot air, but not the balloon. And what he was inferring to, us preachers are full of hot air. And uh, I had one kid tell me, I don't know anything about chaplains, but I know Charlie Chaplin. I said, no, 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 that's not it. But I'm telling you, listen, we need to be bold for the Lord. And yes, sometimes we have a lot of hot air. But we need some men and women to stand up and unashamedly for Christ say, look, I'm not going to do that. I had a, a particular person in my family wanted me to do a wedding that was against my faith. It was against what the Word of God says. And I said, I cannot do that. I, please understand, I, I love you, but please understand, I, I, you know, this is a conviction. I cannot, I cannot do that. Um, and, and the person was gracious and understood. I had uh, someone in my family one time wanted me to do an infant baptism. I don't do infant baptism. I believe you get saved and then you're baptized. I believe the Bible's clear about that. And I wasn't, I was being bold. I was kind, but I was bold in not moving away from the re, the, what the Word of God says. And guys, listen, you can be bold by making your stand for the Lord Jesus Christ and not caving in. You don't have to be a jerk, but you can be bold by standing with the truths of the Word of God even when it's in your family, especially when it's in your family. Faith enables us to be bold. Faith enables us to endure to the end. Now listen, this is one that really, really gets me. Look at verse 30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received with the spies peace, with peace. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets. Now watch this. Who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the army of aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings. Yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were tempted. They were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being de destitute, afflicted, and tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains, in dens and caves of the earth. All these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. Now watch this. God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Listen, faith enables us to endure to the end. These people 
that he's talking about, they endured to the end. They were sown in two. And they believed as they were being sown in two, they believed in the promise of God. And they didn't waver on that promise. They were beaten. They were stoned. They were imprisoned. They did without. They did all of this because their faith helped them endure to the end. Now, I will tell you something. In our land today, the biggest thing the church has to deal with, the biggest trial we've got, is somebody posted something on us about Facebook or on Facebook about us. You know, that's the, I mean, nobody's sawing you in two lately. You got all your appendages. Nobody's beat you with a whip because you're a believer in Jesus Christ. Now, you might have met some people you'd like to beat with a whip, but that's irrelevant. The point I want to make is this. What was it that they could endure? Do you know that when we were getting our English Bible, and it was being translated into English, the Catholic Church did not want it to be translated into English. They didn't want everybody reading the Bible. They didn't want everybody to have their own Bible. And there were men that were so against it, they would burn these translators at the stake. And one has been recorded as the flames were lipping up on him. He recorded, my biggest regret in life is that I only have one life to give for my Savior. One life. What would cause someone to do that? Faith. Faith. We have grown so weak in the church, so soft in the church. We forget that we are going to endure on this earth because this earth is not heaven. It's not heaven. You've got to die to get to heaven. Or the Lord has to come back. That would be cool, wouldn't it? The rapture, amen. So let me tell you three things quickly. Three points of application. Number one, have faith in God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And listen, you can't have faith in God until you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ for eternal salvation. And I'm telling you right here, everyone that's ever been born except for Jesus Christ was born with a sin nature. And the Bible Bible says the penalty for sin, the penalty for sin is death. Not only a physical death, but a spiritual death. The second death, the Bible calls it. The one who dies without Christ It's cast into hell. Hell is real. The Bible teaches us about hell that where the worm dieth not. The fire fire is not quenched and the worm dieth not. It's a literal place. And it was not created for humans. It was created for the devil and his beings. And you say, well, why if God is so loving, why would he send someone there? He's not sending you there. He's done everything to reach you. He's died on the cross. He sent his son to die on the cross to save you so that you didn't. He took your whipping so you didn't have to take your whipping. He's done everything to keep you from going there. If you go, you go on your own accord. But you don't have to die and go to hell. Today, you can believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You believe that you're a sinner. And you believe that because of your sin, you deserve to die. And you also believe that Jesus Christ died in your place. He was buried and He arose from the grave. And by the same power 
If you will repent of your sins and turn to Him and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved. And it's not enough to say, oh, I believe in God. No, I'm talking about you believe Jesus died for your sin. He died for you. He was buried and He arose from the grave. And the Bible says, for whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You can do that this morning. You can do that this morning. You see... He that comes to God must believe that He is, and He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Come to Him this morning. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Secondly, cultivate your faith. If you're a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, grow in your faith. Cultivate it. Do things that build your faith up. Don't do things that tear your faith down. Don't do that. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, So faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Let me tell you, I mean, we live in a time today that we have technology where effortlessly you can read the Bible. Every one of you driving your car, you can download an app. I'll help you. You download an app and it'll read the scriptures to you when you drive. Turn off your Taylor Swift. And... This first one came to mind. You, you Swifties are going to be all upset at me. <laughs> Listen. Cultivate your faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Hearing by the Word of God. Guys, listen to me. Cultivate that faith. Be around people who build faith in you. Don't be around a bunch of negative naysayers. You say, well, I, you know, they're, they're, I work with them and they go to this church and they're all... Listen, get away from them. Just tell them. I love you, but I'm not going to sit here and be miserable with you. You be miserable by yourself. I don't know about you guys, but I have enough to worry about. Anybody else? I don't need... All this other garbage. Be with people who build your faith. Get involved. Hey, listen, this is a, your faith is a daily battle. This is why you need church. Your faith is a daily battle. You're not going to fight it one time in your life and, and forever be free of it. You're going to have to fight every day of your life a battle. That's why we, got, that's why we have church. That's why we have uh, vacation Bible school. That's why we do everything we can because faith is a fight. It's a fight to the end. If you have faith in God, you've got to nourish that. Don't just crack me up. You don't eat once a week. Heavens no. You eat every day. You eat every day. Multiple times a day. Can I get an amen? We need to cultivate our faith. And then lastly, share your faith. Share your faith. You ever heard of a Dead Sea Christian? When I was in Israel, we had the privilege of floating in the Dead Sea. It's weird. You just go in there and you raise up and you can't. I tried to sink and I can't. It's weird. And um, we, uh, I had a friend, I met him there. He was on the trip with us. He and his wife from Florida. He's a pastor in Florida. And he, she got on his back and they both, they, neither one could go down. What happens is it's so far below sea level, all these tributaries flow into the Dead Sea. But there's no outlet. So they have all these mineral deposits. The water is rancid, I'll be honest with you. And they dig the mud out and sell it to people. <laughs> they put it on their face. And these women, oh, yeah, this is, this is foliating my face. You're wearing mud. If you saw where that came from, you would be putting that on. <laughs> All the dead stuff floating in there. That's why it's called the Dead Sea. And uh, some of y'all got some of that. I'm in trouble again. <laughs> Preacher, I just ordered it online. I was watching QVC and I couldn't help it. But everything flows in and nothing flows out. And there's a lot of Dead Sea Christians. A lot's flowing in, but nothing's coming out of you. And you're not happy. You know why you're not happy? I'll tell you why you're not happy. 
Because you're not being obedient to God. Your faith will be revealed in what you do. My faith will be revealed in what I do. So let me ask you a question. Could you this day, believer, stand before the Lord Jesus Christ in full, clear conscience and say, God, I exercise my faith in you every day. I lived a life full of faith. I, was, I did everything you wanted me to do. I have fully relied on you. It's foolish if we're not right with God to play games. Do you know there are people your age, my age, dying every day? Not one of us is guaranteed our next breath. Why don't you get right with God today? If you're not saved, why don't you open your heart and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? If you are saved, why don't you say, I'm going to start cultivating my faith. I'm going to start sharing my faith, the faith that was once delivered. Would you do that? Can we pray? Let's bow our heads, please.